0: Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf.
1: And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud.
0: And joining us once again, it's been a while, it's been a, been a minute or two, uh, Logan Middleton.
2: Hello, it has been a minute.
0: For those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series strength. And last week's anime was One Piece Film Z. Malcolm, what do you think of One Piece film Z? It
1: was it was fine. Like I, uh, it was fine. Uh, it's a fun romp in the in the One Piece world. I don't know. I didn't take too much away from it. It's you know not the best thing ever. I think I've been spoiled recently with some of the films we've covered where they're like, oh my god, here's a, cl- a classic and another classic. It's fine.
0: Uh, it's not terrible by any means it's not great. That's a good way of putting it. The the one piece films are fun. They, they they don't quite have the have the depth of those 40 to 100 episode one piece arcs but at the same time they're just really fun. You can spend some time with the straw hats and uh that film in particular had had some of the best qualities of one piece and some of the worst, which is why I felt like it was a a good film to cover. It kind of had everything it had. Some stories, some stories about what like what what will you do to obtain your dream? And also some very pervy uh, antics. It's kind of everything you expect from One Piece. Uh, You take the good and the bad in that one movie. And today we are talking about Castlevania. And uh, I brought Logan aboard because Logan has played quite a few Castlevania games. And interestingly, he's played Castlevania games that I haven't played. And I've played Castlevania games that he hasn't played. And guess what? I haven't played any Castlevania games. This series, Castlevania. Malcolm, just for fun, how many Castlevania games do you think there are?
1: I'm going to say there's got to be like 12 at least. Over
0: 30. What? Over <laughs> 30. Well, you said 12 at least, right? So it's not not totally wrong. I was thinking maybe I'd be off by one or two. <laughs> oh, no. Me. I mean... There's like, you know, I'm counting spinoffs and stuff like that, too. And I counted the ones that were labeled on the Wikipedia list, at least. And, you know, this series even has representation within the Super Smash Brothers series with Simon and Richter Belmont being playable characters with Dracula as a boss, too. So I feel if you're in Super Smash Brothers, that pretty much means you're an iconic video game character.
1: Oh, I didn't even, I didn't know that. I think like when I play like Super Smash Brothers, there's definitely a lot of characters where I'm like, I don't know where you're
0: from. And I don't really want to know where you're from. Uh, But let's talk about the development of Castlevania. And it all starts in 1847 when Bram Stoker was born. So Bram Bram Stoker was born. And in 1897, he wrote a really cool story called Dracula. Are you guys aware of what Dracula is, Malcolm? Do you know what Dracula uh, is?
1: Yes, I know what Dracula is. I know Bram Stoker. Stokers, God, I call
2: him Bram Stoker. <laughs> <That's a porn laughs> you which know, sounds
1: like his porn name. It's like it's that's Bram Stoker
2: uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's the guy. That's the uh, the porn actor that played uh, every vampire in every vampire centric <laughs> porn. I uh, know it's uh, yeah. I'm a i am aii have an English degree, so. I've I've read yeah, I've
0: read Dracula. Nice. You're you're familiar with the concept of vampires. Imagine if I said no to that, Jack. By the way, I'm like, you I don't, don't know. know you don't know who vampires are. You somehow missed out on uh, just yeah. a lot, a lot of things. You missed out on Twilight. That's the obvious one. You missed out on um. What what are some other vampire things? Uh, uh,
1: interview with a Vampire, the okay, Tom Cruise yeah. movie. Buffy um, uh, the Vampire but, Slayer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a good show. That's a good show. Uh, the
1: Vampire, vampire. Um, diaries. diaries. Yeah. Uh, you've got, um, what is it? What is the uh, the Nicolas Cage movie? The va- he, is, is it just Can called it, Vampire?
0: Isn't it an interview oh. with a vampire? or is, no, What's the Nicolas Cage one? Uh, Oh, what is the film called? It's
1: where that meme comes from, where his his yeah. face is crazy. Well,
2: we'll uh, figure it out. Vamp- Vampire's kiss. Vampire. Vampire's, Vampire's kiss. kiss. Oh, of course, right. classic.
0: <laughs> We're gonna move on from 1897 to 1986, so you know, like 97 years later or something, or or no, uh, 99. I can't do math, guys. 99 years later, (laughs) Bram Stoker is long dead, and video games are the new hit thing, and a Japanese game company called Konami has the perfect game to take advantage of the Nintendo Entertainment System's state-of-the-art hardware. So, this game, it was directed by Hitoshi Akamatsu, and he wanted to make a game that would make players feel like they were in a classic horror film. And the original title of the game was Akumajo Dracula, which translated, because this is Japan, of course it translated as this... Dracula's Satanic Castle. <laughs> it was changed to Castlevania due to Konami's American branch, feeling uncomfortable with the religious connotations. And also Nintendo of America was pretty strict with religious references too.
1: The thing that I I mean it, it sometimes comes back into the consciousness. Like recently, as of recording of the podcast, you know, like uh Lil Nas X, you know, he had that uh his music video for uh Montero where like he as part of the release he was like he's gonna put his own blood in a series of sneakers, and they're like Satanism, Satanism, and like I forget that like because I was, I don't, none of us were alive in the eighties that like this uh, satanic panic was a very real thing. Like people were constantly worried that like uh, Satanism was on the rise and was gonna destroy America, and you're like it's so crazy and stupid in hindsight that that was the case.
0: Not in Japan though, not in Japan. They're like, hell yeah, Satan.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you're uh you're in a nation that's not like uh doesn't like have a strong religious base the way yeah. like America and in a uh, lesser extent Canada does.
0: In Castlevania, you played as Simon Belmont who has to kill Dracula when he reappears a hundred years after Simon's ancestor defeated him. And across eighteen levels you fight various horror themed monsters, including skeletons, bats, Frankenstein the Grim Reaper, and of course, Dracula himself. And Simon's weapon wasn't your standard sword or gun. Rather, he had a magically imbued whip, which would become the weapon associated with the series. On top of that, you could also throw knives, axes, and holy water, just to name a few things. Um, So Logan, you have played the original Castlevania, right? I have beaten the original Castlevania. Oh my god, impressive. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy game, but it's a great game. This was a tremendous hit. It became one of the most celebrated titles of the NES era, Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse. Yeah, so this is a prequel. It's set in 1476, starring Simon's ancestor, Trevor Belmont. Malcolm, does that sound familiar to you?
1: Uh, yes, because ding, 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 Trevor Belmont is the lead of the show.
0: Yeah, so this is the game that the, the show would end up adapting. And in addition to Trevor, there were also three other playable characters. There was the witch, Sypha, Dracula's son, Alucard, and Grant Dinasty, who was a pirate. Malcolm, who does not sound familiar to you? Uh, Grant Dynasty <laughs> We'll talk about that in a bit, why Grant Dynasty was cut from the, the adaptation of the show. Because I'm going to be honest, you just said he's a pirate. He's probably would have been my... Uh by Speedwagon, if he had shown up. <laughs> um, cool. So so like we said, Castlevania 3, it played more similar to the first game, but it did have branching roots and multiple endings. It's considered one of the very best in the series, and is the personal favorite of Kogi Koji Igarashi, the man who would take Castlevania to a whole new level with one of the most important video games of all time. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, it released in nineteen ninety-seven for the Sony PlayStation, and it is widely regarded as one of the best games ever made. And though six other Castlevania titles were released between Dracula's Curse and this game, Symphia of the Night is no contest, the most important of them, and probably uncontroversially, still is the most iconic game in the series. It was directed and produced by Toru Higahira, with Koji Igarashi acting as an assistant director. And players took the role of Castlevania 3's hero, Alucard, who was now promoted as the lead protagonist and his goal is to defeat a possessed Richter Belmont, who was the star of the previous entry, Rondo of Blood. And after going from the bottom of the castle all the way to the top and defeating Richter, it is revealed that there is an entire bottom level to the castle where Alucard must kill his father, Dracula. Like Castlevania II, there are RPG elements, although they are even further developed in this game. Symphony of the Night's non-linear elements were highly praised. It featured numerous collectibles that can only be acquired after gaining certain abilities, and encouraged players to backtrack to older areas to find new secrets. Its gameplay was very similar to Nintendo's 1994 game, Super Metroid, which is also hailed as a classic. But Symphony of the Night took everything up a notch with its content. It was more of everything, basically. Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night's combined influence would result in the creation of the sub-genre known as Metroidvania. And before we move on, let's talk about the artwork of the game. Ayami Kojima's character designs were utterly gorgeous and would define the series' look going forward especially on the anime we're talking about today uh malcolm if you google symphony of the night and just even just see the box art you'll see kind of where the artwork for this series comes from
1: yeah you just mentioned kojima uh Uh, not that
0: kojima a different kojima a
1: different kojima oh I, i was a little excited initially
0: there is more than one yeah so in 2007 comic book writer warren ellis was hired by frederator studios Tried an animated direct-to-video game... direct-to-video adaptation of Dracula's Curse. And we'll get to Alice uh, later. Um, oh my god, Alice fucking sucks, it turns out. <laughs> he didn't know anything about Castlevania, but he was able to work with Koji Igarashi to write a script that fit within the timeline of the game. And although Igarashi required eight full-page rewrites before granting approval, he was able to get it done. Eight. This single 80-minute movie became a trilogy in Warren's mind, with the first film being an introduction to the series' leads, although Ellis would drop Grant Nasty because he thought the character's name was dumb.
1: Initially, I thought, like, DeNasty is not, like, a good name. Like, it's like, you know, I know it already has Nasty in it. Initially, when you said it, I was like, did you say, like, McNasty? Like, it was like, this is a real character's name, like... I, was, I wasn't sure if this was like a lost in translation kind of deal where it's just like, it's maybe something really interesting in Japanese. But then when you put, uh, you know, put it in like an Anglophone style, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that name does not work. <laughs> but instead of like being like, yeah, we want something a little more, you know, generic American or wherever. It's just like, oh, we'll keep it because it adds character. And yeah, now we don't have this pirate and what it's, I mean, to be honest though, I don't know how pirate factors into this world, which, like, for me, I just kind of pictured like the land that this is set in the fictional land of, uh, it starts with a W, I forget.
0: Uh, Wallachia? Wallachia? Yeah, Wallachia. Wallachia. Yeah,
1: I kept, yeah, I was like, oh, this is just like a substitute for like Romania or like other Eastern Bloc countries or possibly Poland.
2: So, what's what you're saying, we don't have a character named John Garbage.
1: <laughs> i was killed for john garbage i think he would. have a perfect character name <laughs> yeah. um i think i like personally i always side with like more interesting character names like i just as like a consumer or even when i write uh or when i do comedy i always like a name that kind of stands out a little bit more i'm always kind of bothered when someone has the audacity to write a script and then be like my lead character's name is brian sims uh, not Simp. <laughs> no, I would have loved a Brian Simp as a character name. No, it's just like, yeah, my, name, my lead character's name is like Brian Smith. You're just like, ah, oh. so you just uh-huh. wrote the most
0: boring man in the world. But, fuck. <laughs> Production would stall, but in 2012, Adi Shankar was, was approached to do a live action version of Ellis's script. And the producers, though, the produ- American producers, you gotta love them. They were hoping to make a film similar to Underworld. Oh God. Oh my God. So when I was in uh
1: university, my first freshman year, I lived in dorms and they, they filmed an underworld movie. I went to SFU Simon Fraser University uh in Vancouver. And uh yeah, they filmed an underworld movie um this the year I was in dorms because like the canvas, like Simon Fraser University Canvas, for those who haven't been there, uh they it's a concrete nightmare. Like it's just like it really does look like like, this is, like, a zombie, or not a zombie, like, a vampire world. Like, famously, the university's, like, main canvas was used in, like, Battlestar Galactica. And then, like, when I went there onwards, it was kind of known for being an Underworld. It's just, like, all this concrete and everything. And it was kind of a sad realization when, like, I had friends who went to, like, UBC and all these other play at, like, Capilano. And they all have kind of nicer canvases. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, SFU's got the weirdest... Canvas, like just like in general, like just like not just like for a you know, local like British Columbia universities, uh, which is where we're we're all living, is um you know, it's just that like this is just like a kind of a nightmare canvas for any university. <laughs> um it's like on top of a mountain and it's all concrete and it's perfect for dystopian uh fiction. But yeah, no. It was just funny because it's like you'd be like, you know, it'd be like night and you're going out to like drink on a Friday. And then you'd be like having to like kind of walk around the film crews filming like Underworld. I think it was four. I think um, whatever one there, but you would see like extras dressed up as these like vampires and like and like you know. I never got to see like Cape Beckinsdale or anything, but it was just kind of funny. Although I think the um, the guy who voices Hector, I think uh, Theo James, I think he was in the move the Underworld <gasps> movie uh, that was filming. But I don't know what he looks like, so I, I just remember, remember the name from later on. Uh, yeah,
0: so, so this version did not happen either, but Powerhouse Animation Studios was labored to, able to negotiate a deal with Netflix to make it happen. Netflix required only a few changes to Ellis' script to make it possible to turn it into a series. Adi Shanker also joined the project as a producer. And this four-episode first season was released in 2017 to high praise. second season completes what ellis's trilogy would have been and season three and four further expand on the story and yeah let's get let's get to the to the ugly shit with ellis on july 31st 2020 after numerous and i'm talking numerous it's like 60 plus women leveled sexual misconduct allegations against ellis netflix did announce he would have no part in the future of the series going forward although his script for season four had already been finished so Netflix announced in May of 2021 that the fourth season of Castlevania would be its last, but they would be continuing the franchise through spin-off series. And I think part of that is definitely the way season four ends off. You could easily just do Castlevania season five and do a new story. But I think the spin-off thing probably means there's some technicality where they don't have to credit Ellis.
1: I mean, I'll be honest, like before all the accusations, uh, which I think are incredibly credible and like, there's a whole like website about it, which we'll link in the description. It's uh w where there's yes over sixty women and non-binary uh, individuals who you know had uh, pretty horrific stories about Morin Ellis. Uh, you know, and it's kind of shocking when you see kind of a number as high as sixty. Uh, anyways, but yeah, I think it's best for them to try to distance themselves as much as they can. And it's sad because yeah. he's like a very beloved writer. Like I think Warren Ellis for a long time, uh, he was credited for doing this thing, the the Alice forms where he used to run a form in the 2000s where a lot of now prominent uh, comic book writers and artists started, got their starts because that's what, how they all met up. Like some uh, very famous writers, including uh, Matt Fraction uh, who did uh, Hawkeye um, at uh yeah, the uh, Marvel, what's now Marvel's adapting. Um, you've got with Justin Jordan, who did, like, Legend of uh, Luther Strode. You have, like, Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick, who's known for, like, Bitch Planet at Image Comics. And so it's, like, kind of to see someone who, like, I think for a long time people kind of compared to, like, Neil Gaiman
0: yeah, a little no. bit
1: with, like, you know, Warren Ellis', like, his, like, you know, pivotal work of the 90s was trans-metropolitan uh, which is, you know, really, is really, really good. Uh, But it's really sad that this is uh, kind of what he was doing behind the scenes. And I think, like, and I'll be honest, I was really conflicted even doing this episode. Uh, Because I've heard a lot of people really love this show and want to give it a chance. Uh, And I kind of did, too. Uh, But also when you, like, there's such a force behind it and like it's one thing if he was just writing an episode or two but like the fact that he writes everything it's like oh wow so
0: yeah i mean definitely seasons one and two i think maybe season three and four had other writers involved but you know especially even watching the show you could definitely tell how every four episodes was basically a movie you could really especially when i watched the first season because yeah I did mess up last week. I said we were watching episodes. We were watching season one, episodes one to six. And it turns out, no, it's season one, episodes one to four and season two, episodes one and two, um, which I think were integral and I think are really good. You, you can definitely see how these first four episodes could have just been an 80 minute movie. You can easily see the hero's journey arc and what they were kind of doing.
2: Yeah. This might be, uh, this might be blasphemous to comic book fans, but in my brain, uh, warren ellis has always been the other warren ellis because there's another warren ellis who is also okay so warren ellis is kind of a scraggly bearded dude uh and for music fans there's another warren ellis who is a scraggly bearded dude who is a a key member of the group dick cave and the bad seeds and when you google warren ellis you get image results for both of them and they're not so different looking so uh That's always been a a point of confusion for me. uh... I know there was people when the uh, accusations
1: got made about the comic book writer that they all like piled on to the musician and were like, you piece of shit. And then he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that's like the weird thing is usually like you don't see a lot of famous people who share the same name, but like they're in two different mediums and like, um, which is crazy. But yeah, I just Googled uh, the other Warren Alice, the musician, the one in Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds yeah, there is similarities, but
0: also they're very different looking. Uh, yeah, ugly bearded dudes. All right, let, let's get into the show. It's about time to do that. We we open up on Wallachia in 1455.
1: Yeah, we open up. It's. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I found the first two episodes to be pretty boring. Like, I was just like, and I know it's a lot of it's set up. And it's a lot of it's like kind of like, to, you know, like in a movie, like, I, I, like, I just watched Army of the Dead, and Army of the Dead has, like, a really egregiously long opening, and I can kind of see how this first episode is essentially, a, like, a stretched out cold open, <laughs> um, you know, where it's like, you know, you got the, you know, the woman uh, who turns out to be Dracula's wife, she's going up to the castle, she's knocking on Dracula's door, Lisa, I think is her name, you know, Lisa's like, because she wants to be a doctor. And he has all the like, advanced scientific knowledge, uh, and then immediately afterwards, uh, basically they fall in love, and
0: then twenty years later, we cut to her being burned alive at the stake. Not very nice things, but before that, though, there is like this fun meet cute with Dracula, because Dracula in this in this story is a lot. He has a lot more depth, and I really like this version of Dracula that we see.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, I mean it's it's clear that he's kind of. Yeah, for more or less a um, – there's a bit of, like, a tragic element to him because it's, like, here's here's this guy, this, you know, obviously Vlad Dracula, like, you know, I'm going to suck your blood, like, you know, <laughs> the, that trope. Uh, and, uh, you know, but, yeah, he's actually, like, looking to have humanity. And, like, even, like, you know, there's the meet cute and, you know, and I like that she's, like, probably the one human who's not afraid of him.
0: No, she hasn't. And you know, she she's a doctor. They've she's been labeled as a witch by by the priests and stuff. And you know, but Dracula's there to show her the true science. Um, which, you know, he has like electricity and all these other great things. I so I like this idea that Dracula is, you know, this kind of Tesla Tesla figure.
2: I mean, he's got a teleporting castle. Like the dude the
0: dude (laughs) the dude dude knows his science. He definitely does. Science, magic—it's all interchangeable. Um, but yeah, things do not go well for Lisa. Um, the church burns her at the stake, and the arch. There's this line the bishop says. He says the archbishop would prefer that life in Wallachia be simple. And this show does not have a very good view of the Catholic Church.
1: <laughs> I will. I will say that. I mean, as someone who I didn't grow up in the church, so. Uh, I want to throw that out there, but I'm also not a fan of the church. I'm not a fan of the church. I don't think that's uh, a bit, I don't think that should come as a shocker to anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, You know, I, I'm definitely one of those people who feel like uh, people have, you know, manipulated, uh, you know, doctrine uh, that could be used in positive ways for only negative things. I think you see that a lot in American politics especially, but also other, you know, notorious right-wing regimes, they technically use, you know, a uh, religion as this crux to do bad things. They're like, well, Jesus said that. And you're like, no, Jesus didn't say that. You're just putting words in Jesus's mouth so you can do terrible things. And like, you know, like, I think, you know, in in this one, it's that, you know, we, in this show, it's that, you know, Lisa's a doctor, she's trying to help people. And, you know, they're scared of science. uh, And uh, so the way to, combat that is to be like well it's witchcraft and witchcraft means i'm gonna burn you to the stake which is like kind of similar to like in america right now they're trying to pass like abortion laws where like uh if a woman seeks an abortion they'll get uh the death penalty um, and it's just like what like what the fuck are you doing like you know you want to you know you want to stop these abortions from happening but you're going to do that at the punishment is death isn't that like the most anti-life thing ever <laughs> like like that's anti-life You know, um, and so it's it's that kind of those kinds of like, you know, dynamics that I'm not a fan of. So I'm going to be honest. I was (laughs) I was always on the side of, you know, Trevor on this show. There was never I would never wavered for a moment. I mean,
0: in this episode, you're on the side of Dracula. (laughs) too. Yeah, I'm
1: on the side of Dracula. I'm like Dracula in this first episode isn't, you know, he's a tragic hero at this point you know yeah. it's just that he you know he just he loses his the love of his life or one of them because i know there's like you know dracula's brides and that he has a series of them throughout his you know existence but like you know in this time he like definitely feels the pain so uh, i appreciate it i'm like yeah they fucked him over so they kind of get what's coming to them
2: in, in this first season or at least in the first four episodes here like the church and the bishop are very much your primary antagonist. Like, it's not so much Dracula. Um, He's there, but, you know, Trevor is going against the bishop and the priests and the church that is locking down this city, right?
1: Yeah, well, they're also responsible, yeah, for so many casualties, not just because they were corrupting, you know, uh, church, you know, dogma, but also... You know, they were they're directly responsible for the events that caused Dracula to go insane. <laughs> like, it's not like it's not a stretch to say that it's their fault. This is all happening. Like, it's, it's their
0: fault. It's very much their fault. So so Lisa, she cries out to Dracula. Uh, she begs him uh, to spare them because they don't know what they're doing. And Dracula, Dracula is actually pretty generous. First of all, he spares the old woman at Lisa's grave. He also uh, gives her a war- warning to get the fuck out of there, which is very kind of him. And he creates a fire hologram, which I thought was very cool, <laughs> to threaten the priests. And he also gives them a whole year to to not screw up. He is very generous. Surprised by that. I was like, a year? like. That.
2: <laughs> but
1: yeah. then, then he, I do like that they kind of justify it later. I think it might be an episode they do where, justify like, it, yeah. where they're like, I needed a year to get all of, you know the people together, all the vampires around the world uh, or to get them out of the hell so that they could like come and fight this war. Um, I kind of appreciate that.
0: And it also that, that scene and, and that scene, it's not revealed right away, but in hindsight that scene he has where he's talking to someone, it is with his son Alucard. So I like the fact that they show that Dracula himself, even though he is a powerful sorcerer and capable of all this magic, even he can't just take them down by just showing up. I think that's an interesting detail.
2: Yeah, no, he has to put together an army, right? And he brings together, at least in the later episodes, uh, a whole group of characters who, uh, I guess, from my understanding, are from some some later Castlevania games.
0: Yeah, uh, this game. I I looked them up on Wikipedia. There, there's a variety of characters. So, so, so first of all, Logan, I got one question. Do you fight any members of the clergy in Castlevania Three? <laughs> uh, you do not oh okay not that i recall
2: <laughs> i think i would remember that right
0: i think nintendo of america would have taken issue with you murdering yeah. priests as well
2: <laughs> i think so too
1: yeah yeah it, it, <laughs> it was, was the 90s the, uh, all right they were not even were... the 90s the 80s oh, man the 80s. oh the 80s. yeah it was the 80s like we they were
2: some of the uh some of the zombies are our former clergymen you know we just uh
0: so, yeah, and, and in this conversation with Alucard, Alucard tells him, you know, he'll grieve Lisa because Lisa is his uh, mother, but he won't, he's not cool with the whole genocide thing.
1: Yeah, which I, I like, that's the line. It's just like, I, I don't appreciate a genocide, <laughs> but, you know, but I think, you know, he's, which is kind of crazy as well. It's like the love of your life is human. And then in response to her death, uh, it's like, I'm going to wipe out all the humans now. It's just like, oh, that's such a—that's kind of a weird response to for grief, and then you're yeah. like, son's half human, <laughs> and to be like, oh, well, um, I guess this is happening.
0: But anyways, so a year has passed, and the Archbishop is celebrating Lisa's death because the Archbishop clearly doesn't mind tempting fate, and uh, Dracula he summons raining bats and blood rain and kills the archbishop and his fire hologram appears in the sky. Dracula's holograms are cool. I love it so much. Yeah, visually it's it's fantastic in that regard.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a visual feast. It's definitely where you're going like, okay, I can I can get behind this and like I liked it like, you know, you have like yeah, the archbishop, this old like, you know, old man like who I initially thought may have been a vampire because he has these really long fingernails. Uh and then yeah, then when she's like, Oh, it's you know, the the God has, you know, blessed us on the, like the most beautiful day. It's so sunny, and then just like just starts pouring blood and like these like, you know, whatever I don't know what those creatures are called. Um but you know, they're they're just kind of raining the like those like the baby creatures and then they start growing up. They sort of kind of grow like a um uh not a chia pet but what's one of those things that like starts small and then you put water and then it expands out I forget what kind of kind of toy that is it doesn't really matter <laughs> it's they're not I don't yeah they're not that important it was just I it kind of rem- felt like that where like it started raining blood and then the blood gets into those little creatures and then they start
0: to grow 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 yeah and and you even at one point see a shot of a dead child so Dracula he ain't fucking around. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, they were just murdering people left and right. That was kind of crazy as well. It's just like how the violence in this show, they just like don't, like it's no holds barred. Like dead children, like just like women are just getting like pushed against walls and being flattened and like, you know, necks are being ripped out and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, in a tavern, a dude rants to his buddy about the time a man fucked his goat's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that took me by surprise that's that felt like a very warren Warren Ellis scene. I felt like it when I was watching that <laughs> just this random aside of a dude telling a story. um he could have been my speed wagon, but thankfully, season two in the episodes we watched introduced some better speed wagons um
1: but yeah, yeah. There, there wouldn't be yeah the, I would say the first four episodes don't give you a lot of speed wagon content. Personally, but yeah, yeah, that was a wild conversation. I was just like, that "What was are you guys doing?" Like, they, like this is one of those things where it's like, it feels like in a first draft, you kind of go like, oh it's kind of funny." I can you come up with something a little better? And then, but for whatever reason, like it seems like the producer uh what was it Addy uh, uh, Shankar Shanker, yeah, yeah Shanker, yeah, who's like known for like for like film nerds out there, he's known for those like bootleg universe movies. Where he does like he did like he's responsible for um producing um the Venom one the, was like, good. The you know, the Venom like truth and journalism or like the Punisher Dirty Laundry with Thomas Jane. Um, or even he did a Power Rangers one that was not bad. Um where it's like that's what he's kind of known for, where I feel like yeah. he was just so excited to work with Warren Alice that he was just like, oh, I'll I'll let him <laughs> do whatever he wants.
0: Pretty much. And, you know, net, net, these episodes are like 24, 25 minutes each. So they are long. If you combine those four episodes, I think it's closer to 100 minutes than 80 minutes, which is what his uh, movies were supposed to be. So there's also that yeah. factor. Well,
1: I think that's the other side of it. It's like pretty clear that this first season is a movie kind of chopped up it, and then oh, yeah, kind it of expanded a little bit. It
0: doesn't even feel like episodes. Bit, episode. feel like episodes. The, the transitions or endings are like not real endings. Yeah, we watched a movie in two episodes, essentially. <laughs> yeah, a movie and half another movie, because, yeah, that's kind of how it was structured. Um, but anyway, so this guy, this dude in the tavern, the fat guy, he also says they should have killed all the Belmonts, which isn't very nice because Trevor Belmont is sitting right there, and which leads us into episode two. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think of Trevor Belmont?
1: I, I like him. Like I said before, I think uh, I, I relate a lot to him. Um just as like, you know, he, you know, he kind of sees it how it is. And like, I do like that. Like initially he's like, I'm he's kind of feigning that drunk. Like I'm drunk. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and they're like, is that a Belmont crest? <laughs> Which I was like, okay. Like these guys know what that looks like. But, um, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's kind of fun. What about you, Logan?
2: You know, he's your, he's your reluctant hero, right? He's like, you know, you know, I'm retired or I don't do that anymore. Or, you know, I've moved on. Um, but he's kind of thrust into this situation where he has to step up and be who he was, you know, before whatever has happened that's kind of led him into this stupor, before, you know, everyone turned on the Belmonts. Um, he's a great character, uh, performed wonderfully by, uh, Richard Armitage, who, uh, I think is probably most famous for being in the Hobbit movies. Um, he's, he's just excellent, I think, uh, because he's not your dashing everyman hero. He's, he's flawed, which I think
0: makes him more interesting. And uh, he's, he's, he's just a badass, dude. He's great. He's a badass drunk. I mean, you know, speaking of One Piece, my favorite character in One Piece is the badass drunk Zorro. So, yeah, tre- Trevor Belmont definitely is, is an archetype I like. He's a fu- yeah, and Richard Armitage's uh, performance is fantastic in this show
1: yeah i I thought they did a good job really casting this show like there's a lot of like you know actors who like maybe you're not gonna like notice them right away like in terms of their names but like definitely when you like you know when you think about it, you're like oh yeah these people are usually like kind of scene stealing character actors um who you know now to like get a bit of a lead role and like a voiceover was nice and honestly i'm gonna be honest we've law- we've watched a lot of like Funimation dubs on this podcast so, and it was kind of nice to like move away from like that crew of voice actors like they're good voice actors but like at a certain point it's like oh yeah I kind of hear the same voices all the time like people can only do so many voices <laughs> uh, you know um, and yeah to have Richard Armitage who yeah as you said was in the Hobbit movies he was also Francis Hyde in Hannibal um, it was yeah nice to see him kind of get to like play this kind of yeah Reluctant hero, like I feel like he was just, the whole like Trevor Belmont just feels like a guy who's like, yeah, I'm here to drink and then die. <laughs> like that's like you know, and he just every time he just kind of gets pulled in, he's like, ah, oh, I guess I'm being pulled in for one more time. It's so
0: so so. Trevor just wants to get a drink at this bar, but the fat guy realizes he's a Belmont and wants to fuck him up. And you learn that the Belmonts were excommunicated by the church and their lands were taken away which is a pretty bad move by the church, given what the Belmonts can do. <laughs> the church, once again, just did not make the right moves in the show. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah.
1: that's when you realize just how inept the church is, <laughs> especially in this show, where they're like, they're, they're, they, and then they, like, they just basically slander them, kind of take everything away, and then are like, fuck you guys, <laughs> we'll handle this, and they're just getting owned left, right, and center. It's that arrogance that I'm like, yeah, that's why you guys suck. <laughs>
2: Well, it just further cements them as the antagonist of those at least first four episodes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they're not good to Dracula, they're not good to Trevor Belmont, they're not good to the people of the city. Like, who, who are they helping?
1: No, I mean, historically, you know, I think with a lot of churches, what would happen is there'd be wealthy families. And kind of what I think in modern times, you know, very wealthy families will usually have one child enter politics, It used to be back in the day where like you'd have a wealthy family and like you know the oldest son's gonna run the the business and then a younger son would like go and join the church so then like the family would have more control so it's like you know the expectation is like your younger son is gonna like you know rise and be the bishop and but you know he'll be hand in hand with his brother who's like running you know essentially you know he's a lord uh, so they're just kind of controlling everything and it becomes sort of like a mafia esque like we control everything and they're just <laughs> kind of suppressing the, you know, the serfdom, the surf population.
0: So, yeah. So Trevor actually loses his fight, which is funny.
1: <laughs> it feels like he like deliberately lost. Like this wasn't a, like, you know, like he was like, Oh, you know, I feel like he kind of was just like, Oh, these guys are not worth my time to like mm-hmm. really beat up.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Fair enough. So we, we move to a new location, which becomes kind of the primary location of, the rest of the, the the season, I suppose. I still want to call it a movie, because this is really a movie. <laughs> um, but it, it's the village of Grisette, and some thugs are threatening this old man. And we finally get to see some whip action. It took us, like, 30-plus minutes to actually see a whip in this thing. And yeah, it's worth it. It is, because, yeah, Trevor ch- chops the dude's finger off, and he also blinds the dude as well. So... You're like, yeah, whips are fucking deadly. They're not just for for other things.
1: Uh, no, it's yeah, that, it, it's a fun. It's kind of a fun scene in the alley. Like it was nice to watch them kind of get their asses handed to them. Um, the I guess the only way to call them are like clergy thugs. Like that's the only way yeah. you can describe them.
0: I wrote like, them I, down as warrior priests, but I guess clergy thugs is is more. Gives them less dignity, and they don't deserve dignity. Yeah, Yeah, they are not warriors. They are thugs all the way through.
1: Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just, like, bullying, you know, and, like, they're trying to, like, I guess there's, like, a, you know, part of the town where, you know, they're they're magic users, um, you know, and they're being persecuted for, for that, and, like, the bishops are trying to show, or the bishop himself is, like, well, if we kill these people, like, we're gonna be saved from this curse. When in reality, that's like clearly not the case. And they kind of know it. They just want to get they just want to get rid of like any enemies or descendants. Hmm. Yeah, not descendants, dissidents.
0: Malcolm, you said you were kind of bored and this is actually the stuff that did kind of bore me. I think the stuff with the old man and the speakers, I was kind of zoning out when he started explaining his order. Oh yeah, this was yeah. I was just like, oh, this is a long talking scene. This is a long talking scene. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes down. The speaker also has like another assistant with him who we don't really see in the remaining episodes, and I don't think we see in future episodes because there's a much more interesting character that's introduced in the third episode. Um, but I do have this one quote um, where the pre- where um the speaker asks him what uh what ask what belmont would do and uh he just says he's gonna find some food get some drink and move on that that's been belmont's life
1: i like that the only reason he gets to the town is that he's like after he gets kicked out in the like the fight with the uh guy telling that classic goat fucking story um (laughs) you know he he's just like the next city is 40 miles away and then he like stumbles upon this small town um I don't know kind of amusing. I was just going to say so this episode it, like when we're talking about the boring talking, that's when like when I referred earlier about like oh the like the grandchild and like this missing grandchild, this is where yeah. that scene takes place, and they, they they need the body for dignity purposes, and there's also this thing where they are like the other magic users are like, you know we'll, we can't use violence, so we must use our words, and you're just like boring
0: so. yeah it, it, it was. I didn't take a ton of notes, um, but episode three is more interesting because it has a cyclops.
1: Yeah, he has this like fun way of entering the catacombs as well. He just like wanders into a church and then like finds like what well, is essentially a stone slide and then slides down to like and then you know strikes a, like a light or whatever like you see um, to get a, make a torch and then yeah,
0: boom, Cyclops. Boom, Cyclops, and like there's also people. I guess the Cyclops is also kind of like a Gorgon because like other people were like fro- turned into stone by him or something. So that is straight out of Castlevania 3, the NES game.
2: Uh, you fight a Cyclops at the end of the stage, and when you defeat him, Cypher uh, is released from her stone tomb or form or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it's kind of like, well, that's neat to see that actually adapted from the NES game into the show.
0: Yeah, So and he, and he takes down the Cyclops in a fun way, too. He... He throws his sword in the air he climbs Cypher who is trapped in stone and jumps and spin kicks the sword into the Cyclops eye yeah I don't think he can pull off that move in the
2: NES game but uh...
0: no we, we're gonna need like the, the HD remake or something or, or 3D right. remake we didn't even yeah. talk about how like Castlevania has like not had like a decent 3D action game either like you would you oh, would yeah. think that, like you would think that like so many games like Fuck, uh, Dark Souls. I mean, Dark Souls is kind of a perfect example in some ways, which would make a really good Castlevania. Move, moving on. Um, so, yeah, we, we have this rescue of Sypha. Um, Saifa has a great quote where she's talking to her grandfather um, because Belmont just wants beer and she says, I can pee in a cup and tell him it's beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Saifa is so fun and her, her romance with Belmont is definitely one of the highlights of the series.
1: She's fun, like she I like well, I like her dynamic with uh Trevor, like I think that's one of those dynamics where like in I was looking for it, like I was hoping that like I was like, oh, it's gonna be kind of more boring if you know Trevor's just by himself the whole time, but then now to have a bit of a sidekick slash you know whatever um is is nice like i mean and even calling her a sidekick is kind of like doing her a disservice because i she's mean like, she's, she's, she's the clearly a, she's got she's a source she's probably she's more she's you know she's more powerful than trevor is trevor just happens to like have all the knowledge and the history from being in this like lineage of like monster hunters uh, like it's like his family duty to like hunt these people and kill these people and not even people these demons or monsters so yeah, I I know, I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed her,
0: so, so yeah, like the bishop the, the bishop wants Trevor to leave. He gets his uh uh clergy thugs to abduct Trevor, and man, the bishop sucks, but he is voiced by Canadian icon Matt Frewer, who is who's known for Max Headroom.
2: I had to check if the voice actor uh was Richard E. Grant. Uh because so I was like, what the it's just such an, like, like, that's Richard E. Grant's voice. This has got to be him, right? And it's not, but it's it's an excellent performance. Like, uh, he's the perfect asshole, uh, Bishop. Just excellent villain. Great.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, he, he wants Trevor to leave. He wants to get rid of the Belmonts. And then we get an inspirational speech from the old man in Sypha to appeal to Trevor. Yeah. And, and we have the big goddamn hero moment uh, with Trevor. And it's against the priests. And we set up. The big battle with with Trevor the priests and Dracula's minions. And episode four opens up uh, with the minions versus the bishop. And I love this minion. You know what? I've got other speed wagons, but I think this one Dracula mi- minion is like an honorable mention because he has a really good speech against the bishop. But yeah, he he tells uh he tells the bishop, this demon, he tells him, Your your life's work m- makes him puke. Oh, he's him referring to God tells your life's work makes God puke and he tells <laughs> the bishop we love you we couldn't be here without you then he says let me kiss you and devours him fucking the
2: best I was like blown away when that happened because I, I really thought the bishop would be sticking around
0: for longer um, or even like just defeated by Trevor and you know Trevor Trevor, or any other char- even Dracula like he doesn't even get killed by a, a main character oh. nah, he's not important enough he's just fucking monster food dude <laughs> yeah, I. That,
1: that was the one moment where I was like, "What? Really, Trevor's not gonna like have a battle with the bishop? It's just sort of like you know. I mean, it kind of makes more sense that like Dracula's minions, like kind of through Dracula, kills the bishop because the bishop's obviously responsible for Lisa's death. But it was also sort of like you then spend the last, like you know, the last two episodes, you know, working and kind of getting to know Trevor. That you're like, oh, Trevor's obviously gonna like. You know defeat him, him being the bishop, so that they could uh you know free the town, but instead, hmm. I do like that um that scene where like there's the fire uh like the the circle of fire, and then um you know Trevor, maybe just I'm skipping ahead, but no yeah, that's
0: Tre- that's pretty much where my notes are too,
1: yeah, where Trevor then gums, and he's like there's that one like kind of thuggy guy, and he's trying to like conv- the thuggy uh like i guess the you know, the priest thug is, you know, trying to convince the townspeople to go, like, basically lynch Trevor. And instead, Trevor is like, you know, this they're doing all this stuff. Like, you know, they haven't given you anything. They just, they they taught you to murder in cold blood. Do you even understand what you're fighting for? Like, what is it that they actually bring to your lives? And, like, and then he calls out that that this guy has been uh, directing all his other people to, like, do his bidding, and he's not doing it himself. And I like... There's what is the there's like a line when they're about to do battle where it's like your long knife versus my short sword. And I was like, that's hilarious. Dude, that's the it's, same thing. <laughs> a long knife and a short sword of the same size.
0: It's great, uh, man. Again, But also subverts our expectations, too, because Trevor doesn't uh, kill the head uh, clergy thug. Instead, the people do.
1: Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing. Here, you think it's going to be this like battle, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the village people are throwing their like spears at this guy, and he's just getting impaled left, right, and center from like the angry townspeople. Which I was just like, hell yeah! Like that speech, I'm like, I'm on team Trevor, and th- this guy had it coming to him. And I know, mm-hmm. like, you know, he runs away uh, at some point, and like the other th- clergy thugs are like trying to kill him. And I love there's a scene where like the guy who's been you know blinded in episode two, he loses his other eye at some point. <laughs> he just gets yes. stabbed in the other eye, um, in the fight in the alley with all like the bow people. I was like, I hope he's alive. Just like I want that one guy to be alive. And like every time you see him, he's like like he gets stabbed and he like loses a hand. The next time he loses his other hand, and just by the end, he's just like just you know four knobs.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the Black Knight from Monty Python. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I was like, go, go in that direction.
0: Uh, we, we also see in this episode that Saifa also has ice powers because she creates an ice wall. Uh, Saifa has it all. She's got firepower, ice power. Or, I'm guessing those are skills she had in the video game.
1: It's ironic that we're... Because... We're, uh, oh. I'll, I'll, uh, said that we've now done back-to-back things where someone has the power to create ice walls.
0: And and we finally get to see Trevor fight some demons uh, because the, the whip, it's consecrated, and it can blow up demons and vampires, which is very, very good.
2: It is visually very rewarding for us, the audience, because it just looks fucking cool.
0: For sure. And we also have some people who consecrate the holy water too because, again, holy water is a weapon in Castlevania, so it's nice to see that detail oh man so so we get more catacombs uh trevor and sypha they fall into some catacombs and awaken alucard (laughs) and i love this quote when they when they uh awaken him alucard asks trevor he's like are you in search of a mythical savior and trevor says i fell down a hole it's it's some good snark it's some good snark and yeah we finally get our, our proper introduction to alucard who is like our third uh lead basically
2: yeah, his entrance is excellent, excellent, excellent reveal of that character. Yeah, they have a little scuffle,
0: and, and Alucard, man, you can just you can just see all of Alucard's uh, powers from the video game because Alucard is just—he's clearly a video game character because he has all these all these awesome, cool powers, and you're like, oh, I hope I could do that.
1: There's three elements to this, like even this whole season where you know, like with like Trevor running around the town being attacked where I'm like, oh yeah, this feels like, you know, right from a video game where like I can see like being able to like run, like you're kind of trying to like sneak away and like run away from like the, the mobs that are trying to attack you. So like, you know, how, like Dracula, when he was crying earlier, like in the show where like he's crying over Lisa's death, he's like crying blood. Um, Here's a question and speaking of balls, do you think like Alucard and Dracula, when they come, is the come oh, red? God, is it blood? Is it a blood? Is it bloody come? Like, is it like? <laughs> is it just? Is it red? And is that why he doesn't feel anything? Because it's like a different sort of response that you get. Because <laughs> um, um, I thought about that. That was definitely a thought I had. Where I was just like, when you guys were talking, I was like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> he, yeah. They don't have. They're. They're not. You know full of water like humans. So
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh,
1: I mean, I I think I'm in the right. (laughs) So um, we'll let the audience decide.
0: Alucard's scar, it comes from the battle he had with Dracula from the previous year. So after this whole thing about their whole conversation about genocide, they had a little battle, and Alucard got a big-ass scar on his chest.
1: Daddy Um, hit me. That's what he said afterwards. Daddy 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 hit hit me
0: um yeah i also love even like when they first awaken him they like theorize like how long he's been there and it's like no i've only been here a year guys which you know you you think when people awaken from tombs it's like from this like you know 100 year sleep and he's like no i've been here one year one year (laughs) yeah that was yeah i was just having a nap yeah um so yeah they they finally come to reconciliation alucard realizes he can somewhat trust them they're they're all in it together, and we end the season with a big hero shot with Trevor siphon and Alucard. And yeah, like there's a there's a very clear reason why I wanted to do two more episodes, and I think it's because even just the first two episodes of season two, in my opinion, are so much more fucking interesting, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. like this is kind of boring, like and and I and you can kind of tell that this was like a straight to DVD script in some ways. We are just like, oh yeah, like. It's, you know, like the stakes aren't the highest, you know, it kind of furthers along the like uh, mythology, but it's also like playing it super safe and it's not going to like take any like risks. Well, Whereas also- like when you look at the opening for the season two or when this case episode five, it's like a flashback. It's a basically a more detailed rehash of the opening scenes of season one, a.k.a. like episode one. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in particular, we see the lead-up from Lisa, like, basically her, roam, uh, her home being ransacked and then her being dragged to her, like, death because of the Inquisition and, like, her being burned alive. Um, we kind of see that in more detail. And it's, like, way more horrific in that way.
0: Yeah. Have that detail. Well, I, I also think, just again, like, sees... When Alice decided to turn this into a trilogy, these first four episodes were very much the first act. The heroes don't come together until the final scene of the, the, the series. So, And even, and even when Malcolm had, had told me, he's like, can't we just do the first season? Because like, you know we're, we're always worried about time. I'm like, no, we got to do these next two. And I'm glad because these next two have so much. So, yeah, we get that extended introduction. And then we get our introduction to Hector, Isaac, and Godbrand. And what an introduction for Godbrand. He's just punching air like a madman. I love Godbrand.
1: I love the name Godbrand, by the way. I'm just like, that's it,
0: such a fun and he's, name, And he's, he's voiced by Peter Stormare, too. And Peter Stormare is having so much fucking fun playing him. Oh, man. Peter Stormare is always, like, one of my favorites.
1: Anytime he pops into anything, I'm like, this will be fun. Like, he's always... He's game not to be the... Like, he can be serious at times, but he's also very game to just, like, be kind of silly and loose, too. No, the, the Isaac in this show is, yeah, definitely more calculated. And I mean, oh man, that flashback is uh, tough to watch. Like, it's like really like you're like, because initially, like I mean, I mean,
0: I assumed it's like you know, allusions to slavery <laughs> for, sure. Oh, for like, sure that's um, but yeah, we still have our introductions with these new antagonists um who who are framed as antagonists, but maybe later in the show become something more. And yeah, Godbrand. He's complaining why two humans are basically Dracula's lieutenants, and Dracula tells him that Isaac and Hector are bound by loyalty and intellect, which is why Dracula trusts him. Well, Hector's got a sweet dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, let's get when we get to the dog man. Fuck the wow. pupper is awesome. Yeah. Uh. So so Godbrand. He's pretty pissed off. He he's pissed off at Hector, and Hector has a great snarky quote. He says. Godbrand, you've never met anything you didn't immediately kill, fuck, or make a boat out of. <laughs> I love I that love line. It's so good. It's so good. And then and then Godbrand has a great response. He says, Bigots, I like boats. I'm a fucking Viking. We're supposed to make boats out of things. That feels like a Peter Stormar like improv
1: line. He was just, they were like, go crazy. And he just said that. And they're like, oh, we're keeping it in. Yeah, this is where like again you, you see like a shift in not necessarily tone but like you kind of just see this shift where they're like okay now there's some comedy now there's you know a little levity where you're like oh you need this sort of stuff in this in these kinds of stories because the first season is just like you know not necessarily super dark but like it you know doesn't have you know it needs a few more moments to like breathe
0: yeah, and again, it's so focused. You know, we get the first episode that's Dracula focused, and then it becomes uh, for the other three episodes, it's very hero's journey for Trevor Belmont.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it's a, it's an, you know, it's a prequel. It's an origin story. first act. Yeah,
0: it's very much it's a first the first
1: act. act, as we've kind of established.
0: Yeah, and we we hear in Hector's head. This is another really dark one, man. Hector and Isaac they don't have it easy because we hear Hector's mother and father like condemning him, and then. Hector burned his parents alive in their house.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, these guys are, like, you know, essentially sociopaths. They really uh, are. To, to be, like, you know, this much like into, like, let's destroy all of humanity. Like, I want to see things burn, and like, I'm gonna whip myself till I bleed. Like, that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, these guys are pretty fucked up.
0: <laughs> Moving on. Uh, there is something to say, though, about Little Caesar, the zombie pug. His name's Little Caesar, like the yeah. like the His name is uh, Little the pizza, the pizza brand.
2: Yeah, he's just a cute little dog. He's missing an eye. He's got like a skeleton foot, but you know he's he's loving it. He's a he's super cute still, and he's very happy seemingly. So he's uh, you know you know I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, and it it makes it gives Hector a bit more lightness. Like again, he is this dude who's making like zombie abominations, but he also as as a little zombie pug, and and Godbrand, Godbrand, so great. He makes a very mature apology to Hector. He's just like, listen, man, I I w- I was out of line, bro. I love that so much. Hey, listen, they got they're on the same f- side
1: of the fight, right? So you gotta you know you gotta make up for it. And I know, like you know, and he has some like legitimate points in terms of like you know the rules of war and there's like there's plans and we have you know you know ideas and we have strategy and then this one there's it's just chaos and i'm like he's not wrong like he's definitely like he's not wrong that this whole war quote unquote is like which is like you know very loose again it's a genocide um you know is very you know sloppy and chaotic
0: I I love the fact that we get to see like these vampire politics because yeah, Godbrand may be just like technically a minion, but he's also, you know, he's like, Hey, I've got, I've got issues with how Dracula is going through with this guys. You
1: you assume that at some point when he was a Viking, that he was probably a very good Viking. And like the fact that he got to the point where like, he ended up getting turned into a vampire instead of like being murdered means that at some point, you know, that, you know, that Dracula, you thought of him as someone who was a, uh, you know, an ally rather than an adversary.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's I, like
1: my one thing with vampire stuff is I'm always just like, how do you like, how do the like head vampires pick these people? Like, when how do you choose like this person? I'm just gonna like suck them up dry of their blood, and then this person I'm gonna transform.
2: How do you know who you can trust? True. Which I think yeah. brings us to uh Carmilla, who's also introduced well, because she's she gets
1: pretty early on to the sixth episode, so like, I think it's a, a appropriate time to talk about her, so
2: she she's up to something, I think, like she does seem like someone who would want to usurp Dracula if given the opportunity, right like she's not fully loyal, I don't think, and Dracula seems to be aware of that that she's kind of a wild card like. You know, this could go either way for me, or at least that's the impression I got from their kind of time together.
0: Yeah, and Carmilla is all—I just looked this up. Carmilla is also a character from the video games, although they they greatly changed her, similarly to Isaac. Okay, but yeah, she yeah. she is a playable. She is a boss character.
2: Okay, yeah, I can't seem familiar with her, but uh, yeah, yeah, in the show she's definitely kind of like a a wild card for Dracula's team, whereas uh, the other guys seem to be loyal to Dracula. She's a little like, oh, you know, like, I think you're overreacting a bit or I don't know. Like, is this really the best thing to do, Dracula? Mm
0: -hmm." Oh, and she she questions Dracula. She asks like, hey, why did you never turn Lisa? And she's like, hey, like, you know, why should vampire society go to war over just the death of this human lady? And she's got a point. She's got a point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But she's also a little teeming, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and God Godbrand God was the one who leaked info to her because he wants to hook up with her. I de- i- re- I I watched those. I watched the Carmilla scene twice because I I made sure to just get every bit of info because I was like, this shit's fucking important. Obviously.
1: Yeah. Totally. No. I I kind of I figured there was a little bit. I remember noticing that. I'm like, wait. I think Godbrand's got a little bit of a crush.
0: Yeah. Ooh. And then. She also tells Dracula, again, she's such a schemer. She's like, No, I was helping you by calling you out because other vampires share my views too. Which she's not wrong. I mean,
1: Godbrand kind of had the same view. He just uh, told it to the wrong person. Um, you know, and yeah, she's, yeah, she, it is a good point of like, well, Yeah, why didn't she just turn like Lisa? Because at some point Lisa was going to die um, if she wasn't going to be turned. But I guess like, for Lisa to be the doctor that she wanted to be. And she was still kind of like of a healthy age, you know, she needed to uh, stay human. So she could like work in the daytime and all that fun stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm Uh, wrong.
1: Maybe I'm overthinking it.
0: There's one little um, thing with our, with the vampire hunters with uh, Trevor, Saifa and Alucard that has a very fun exchange where, uh, Saifo, she's like, you know, I, I live with children, you know. Please don't please don't kill each other when, after uh, I'm gone. And um uh Trevor responds, uh oh wait, no, it's it's Alucard. Alucard says, Oh, please, we're not children. And then Trevor says, eat shouldn't die. And Alucard is like, Yes, fuck you. Oh, the classic eat shouldn't die line. Eat shouldn't die. And the way James Callis, who plays Alucard, no, 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 says no. It.
1: eat shit and live, Ricky. I the, cool. the, the, <laughs> one of the best comeback lines ever as uh, seen in the movie sleepaway camp <laughs> yeah it's a good comedic line again that's where like the comedy is coming in from yeah
0: and so we get some other uh another campfire scene with the vampire hunters and basically alucard is just delivering some exposition explaining what was going on he said that lisa was trying to turn dracula by sending him to travel so that was kind of the thing you know why didn't Dracula turn Lisa? Well, Lisa herself was trying to do some turning of her own. You know, she wanted Dracula to, you know, find, find the joy in humanity, which, uh, the priests, the priests and the archbishops fucked up. Oh yeah. We could have yeah. had good Dracula. We could have had Dracula who gave us science and all that good stuff.
1: Instead, he gives us war.
0: <laughs>
1: so is this, is the flashback Isaac's flashback in this episode in the la- in episode six? Cause like, yeah, I that's, think it that's, is because like that's episode six, yeah, yeah, because he's yeah that again I, as we I was saying earlier like that is it's such a disturbing flashback like yeah. where it's he's whipping himself and like he's got like what is it like what I can only describe as like a studded belt it's like he's like reopening his scarred back and then he's thinking about like you know basically he was I I assume he was a slave and he was, you know, trying, he was, I guess, going through his, like, you know, his bosses or master, I don't like saying that word, Um, uh, you know, his, I guess his things um, to, to better understand him and the job and, like, to serve him, and then, you know, instead he's getting punished, and there's that, like, whole line of, like, but I love you, and then it's, like, I'm gonna show you my love, and he keeps whipping him, and then, Isaac like, basically turns around and like gouges his eyes out with his thumbs, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like, yeah. like after like, you know, it's brutal.
0: Yeah, and he he does this whipping thing as like some form of penance. I don't quite it's or some catharsis or something like that. Yes, and and we have the scene with um with yeah Isaac and he's reminiscing on his past, and then. Basically, Godbrand brings Isaac this injured demon. So that's the other thing, too. There, we, we didn't even talk about the fucking badass fight scene that the vampire hunters had with these demons where, you know, Sy- Sypha just straight up incinerates one and, like, Alucard is doing his cool video game stuff. It's funny because this show has really good animation. And, and in season two, there are some spectacular fights. But I actually found these first six episodes compared to later stuff to be kind of mild. Like It gets so much better. Season four has just, like, some incredibly good animation and it only gets better from here they, they really deliver and do some standout moments I mean you know season 2 has only 6 more episodes we may have to return to this uh, yeah I think we have to do part 2 we might have to do a part 2 uh, sooner rather than later we'll see we'll see how it goes but anyways um, so Isaac he there's so there's this one demon who manages uh, to survive at least for a little while after um, the encounter with the vampire hunters and yeah Isaac is um, using his necromancy and he kind of reveals his philosophy. He, his, he he says Dracula will bring a pure world into being a clean world where there is only loyalty and only love. Uh, that is what Isaac believes right now. So there's some implication there that his beliefs change. Maybe the Isaac and Hector have really interesting journeys in this series. No, I mean, this, this is a show the, seasons one and two again were meant to be a trilogy season three and four kind of expand on the world um, and they do so in some really cool ways but yeah so we have one more uh, Carmilla scene and she's basically telling Dracula to to keep a watch on the Belmonts we can finally do it all right let's let's talk about our favorite segment our speed wagon who is the speed wagon of Castlevania episodes one to six Uh, play the music Sasha Speedwagon
1: Speedwagon Speed Wagon Wagon Speed Wagon Speedwagon Speedwagon Allow me to
0: elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. For whatever reason you just chose this is the episode. I'm just listening for the first time. Our Speedwagon is our favorite side character of this little batch um bro guys it it's a tough one it's a really tough one i gotta go man i gotta go with the pupper i gotta go with little caesar yeah. god Godbrand god brand obviously has some great lines i i do love his, his thing about boats but little caesar man he, he for for the two seconds he's on screen little caesar is my speed wagon
2: i'm gonna have to agree with you there i i i love i love i love hector He's great, and I'm really excited to see where his arc goes. But it's Little Caesar. Come on, he's, he steals the scene immediately. I don't think I was even paying attention to the dialogue, because I was just like, that's
0: a sweet dog! And I, I was so worried, too. I thought they were going to play a cruel joke where, like, Godbrand was going to squish Little Caesar, but thankfully Godbrand oh, didn't do that. I would hate that. No, I would he hate you. that. He hates humanity. He doesn't hate dogs. Well, yeah, it, and he's a minion. Little Caesar is like a minion. Little Caesar is just going to be around. Not excited.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? For me, um, I'm I'm actually gonna go with Godbrand. I think. Uh, I, listen, any you know, most characters that are voiced by Peter Stormore or you know are played by Peter Stormore are you you know worth the consideration of being a, a speedwagon just because he's a fucking hilarious and fun actor, um, and Godbrand's no exception to his um, to that. Love him as a character. I love the the boat line. Uh, I love that that's how Vikings are defined in this show. It's just by their love of boats. <laughs> that, that's like it's not that they were great warriors uh, or whatnot. Uh, it's that no, they're boat people.
0: Um, and, I, and how does he turn things into boats? Like I would assume, just like wood and metal are are the primary ingredients for boats. What else? How what does he turn into boats?
1: You know, I think it's you know maybe. Into boats? Yeah, he, tur- he 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 you know when a uh after a person is murdered and their corpse bloats up, uh you can put it in the water and it turns into a boat. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> like I guess that's like that's how you turn a person into a boat. It's you know I Maybe. assume it's about thing. yeah. It's like, oh, I'll use the scraps of this like shack and I'll turn it into a boat. Uh or you know, you use that as like you know, when it's uh, time for a Viking funeral, it's just like, oh, I'll just burn all this stuff. Might as well do it on the water. And, then, you know, let's get the house out of the ground and onto the boat because we're burning it. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I just uh, I appreciate his humor. Um He is, you know, again, this, you know, still like a, a minion in Dracula's genocide, but Yeah, I gotta go with him. Godbrand. Also, the name Godbrand. Like, come on, that's such a fucking funny and great name.
2: Fucking epic, dude.
1: You know.
0: (laughs) So sure, Um, he's a cool guy. He he really is. And all right, I think it's time for final thoughts on uh, Castlevania. I love it.
2: I do have one major complaint for these first six episodes. As I understand, as the series progresses, this is this is fixed. But uh, in these first six episodes. Uh, the Castlevania themes, the music, are severely lacking. Um, I think Castlevania, especially the first four games, has some of the most iconic music uh, in that early t- period of uh, you know, NES games and whatnot. Uh, and to hear full orchestral versions of that would have been excellent. And as I understand, um, that those do get included later on in the series, but I just would have loved to hear uh, some of those themes. At least in the first season somewhere, because they're definitely lacking there. But, uh, you know, we've only watched two episodes of, of season two, so maybe they'll show up somewhere along the way. But that was my one complaint. Other than that, I love it, and I can't wait to watch more.
1: I don't know what. I mean, I don't have, you know, I don't have ties to Castlevania as a franchise. I never played the games. Um, I get, I'm going to be honest. I kind of found the first, like, season, quote-unquote, to be pretty boring. Um, and... You know, I, I was kind of intrigued by the promise of season two. Like the first two episodes we watched, a lot more interesting stuff happens. Uh, I think, yeah, the violence kind of took me by surprise. I was kind of delighted by that. I'm a big horror movie fan, so I was just like, "Oh, they're just going for it within the gore department." Um, you know, I think, you know, it, you know, it's having the trouble of like, you know, separating like the fact that like Warren Ellis is not the creator of Castlevania. He's, you know, uh, he didn't direct this. You know, he is, you know, just the writer. But you know, I, you know, that's still for me. You know, it's a tough. It's that thing of where do you separate, you know, the art from the artist? Um, you know, with especially with his like, you know, litany of allegations. And I know, like, maybe we're not, not we're, you know, we're three uh, white guys t- trying to talk yeah. about this. Maybe we're not the most uh, eloquent. When it comes to this, I've done a lot of the talking, uh, so maybe this stuff gets cut down uh, by Sasha. <laughs> um, but you know, I think you know that you know back in my mind. But it's you know, I I just again I just found the first part of it to be boring, but it started picking up near the end. And yeah, I guess I would have liked to have seen it and lean more towards the games. But from what I've been told by you guys, it sounds like they it picks up uh, as Era embraces that. As it goes along,,
0: I think we haven't really tackled it. This is easily one of the best video game adaptations ever made, like the oh, fact and the fact that they took a game like Castlevania, which is not really known for its story and turned it into this is pretty fucking impressive I
1: think that's yeah, I guess you're right, like it's kind of sad that like video games have been so poorly uh, adapted, so uh, yeah and then like you know then you, you know you have to deal with all the ooey bowl era of. Video game adaptations yeah. in the 2000s, which were just horrendous. Uh, you have the Paul W.S. Anderson, like... Resident Evils. Resident Evils. I mean, he's still making them with, like, Monster Hunter and all that yeah. stuff. Um, you yeah. know, he almost apparently... I was reading this. Uh, he uh, he was attached... Paul W.S. Anderson. I uh, was attached to do a, a live-action Castlevania movie for a while. And then, okay. he, and then he got... Uh, replaced uh by someone else and then that person uh just uh, dropped the project and now they decided to make this show instead so um which i thought was a better call but yeah i don't know i think maybe the hard part about doing video game adaptions is that they're not necessarily suited for movies because their worlds are so expansive you spend so much time in them that they are probably better lent to television shows. And that's why I'm excited for like the adaptation for last of us on HBO, because I think that could open up like a world where they could get some really high quality, you know, video game to television adaptations. But I think like, I'm like, I, I would rather watch a Bioshock uh, or mass effect, like live action TV show rather than some sort of kind of movie that's trying to, you know, do too much in too little time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this show does take its time. I think even the pacing can be a bit too slow. I think people had some issues with season three in particular, although I think if I rewatch I'll probably enjoy it more. But yeah, this is a cool series. Um I really like what they do with it. They're clearly not afraid with taking liberties. Oh, I, I should also mention Grant Dynasty, a version of Grant Dynasty does appear in season four, um, but it's like a gender bent version of that right,
2: character. I love you. And dynasty is like, their, like,
0: yeah,
2: it's like, what is it? Like they're, they're Greta of Dynasty or something like that.
0: Or Dynastie. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Greta of dynasty So yeah, she, she's a lady um, fighting against night creatures. So yeah. But again, that's a cool nod too. I'd say,
1: you know, I like that. They, I like that he couldn't like that. Uh, they were like, well, we can't have the last name be Dynasty, So we'll just make it a place instead.
0: <laughs> anyways um i don't even think i really said my final thoughts but but to be more formal i'll just say the show is excellent it only gets better uh i think we definitely need to cover those next six episodes sooner rather than later we'll try and fit in the schedule anyways so yeah my final thoughts the show is excellent uh it's a really interesting video game adaptation it does a lot of cool things it's kind of a good balance of treating the source material right while still taking interesting liberties and I'm excited for the the the, the Warren Ellis uh future. Yeah, because I think there's so many possibilities you can do with this universe, and you know it's not just one game they could adapt. Symphony of the Night, obviously, the Dawn of Sorrow era, Diamond Belmont. There's you could easily spin off at least three or four series out of this. Yeah, let's hope they do.
1: Yeah. Um, I think think so. I mean, this is like an animated franchise that Netflix can really milk. And I think there's a lot here, clearly. So,
0: yeah. So anyways, that's that's the end of our episode. But as always, um, we have to reveal what the next show it is that we're going to cover. And we're going to cover episodes one to six of Skate the Infinity. And yeah, Logan, where can people find you if you want to be found? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at
2: Wolfman WolfmanMiddleton. Uh, if you like the sound of my voice, you can listen to me on weekends at 101.3 The River. Uh, the website would be 101.3theriver.com if you want to hear me say dumb things. And uh, early 2022, which is looking into the future a bit here, uh, I will have a vinyl-centric YouTube channel if vinyl is something you're interested in.
1: Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll definitely drop a sub. And then yeah. Jack, where can people find you?
0: Um, only real Jack M on Twitter, um, where I'm in a much better headspace as of this moment, not getting into arguments with people. So that's nice. Um, hashtag FreePalestine. Palestine. I guess if you don't like my views on that, then um, you'll you'll get mad at me. But fuck you. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, you can also find me on Instagram at uh, Jack is Jack. And yeah, Malcolm, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me at Malcolm RG McLeod on Instagram. There's technically a uh, Twitter handle that I used to control under that name. So you can follow me there, but I have told this for multiple weeks in a row. I've lost access to that. I still haven't come up with a new Twitter handle. When I do, I'll debut it here on the show so you can follow it, uh, Uh, I probably won't be tweeting very much because Twitter scares me and I don't have a TikTok or anything. I'm just really on Instagram. So yeah, follow me there. I got post stories and uh, I sometimes occasionally post on my main feed. So that's fun. And anyways, uh, if you want to, you know, see more about this podcast, uh, you can follow us at, uh, is this anime pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Please, uh, if you're listening to this on like Apple podcasts or like Google or anything where you can uh, leave us a a like and a review that goes uh, such a far uh, way to help a kind of a smaller podcast like us keep going. Uh, It's always been great to get any like, you know, show of love, (laughs) if you will. Uh, So yeah, just keep it up. And yeah, if you liked us uh, and enjoy this podcast, yeah. Tell your friends and yeah, again, uh leave us some stars uh maybe leave us a review uh and anyways uh until next time remember that trevor belmont is a simp for the night
0: later parabums.